The Caribbean quest for cleaner energy is a challenging one. Developing a more sustainable energy sector is a complicated process, and those involved often have limited access to the kinds of crucial information and advice needed to identify opportunities, make decisions, and answer important questions. That's the motivation behind the work being done by Dr. Rebecca Shirley and her team of researchers. The kind of service that we provide is exploring questions that aren't really being explored by anyone right now. For instance, as you were just mentioning, um, you know, what are the jobs implications of, of the creation of this entire whole new sector? Rebecca's originally from the Caribbean and she has expertise in areas such as renewable energy technology and power systems design. But she's currently applying her skills to a slightly different set of pressing problems all the way in sub-Saharan Africa. When you're talking about rurality um, or remoteness on the scale that we're talking about across the sub-Saharan African continent, you can quickly see how traditional grid extension pathways will not be sufficient. Rebecca serves as Chief Research Officer at Power for All, an organization currently working to increase energy access across the continent by helping to integrate off-grid technologies into mainstream power systems. We think there's so much um, in the middle, in the integration of these two types of technologies and these two ways of servicing customers that could actually have a synergistically bigger impact and bring us faster electrification. Her team analyzes data in order to help the energy sector find new ways to look at power infrastructure. Can having EVs on the grid improve um, the stability of that grid by having that readily accessible storage component to put power on but also to take power off at certain times? Rebecca's work presents a good example of how energy sector development can yield all kinds of different solutions and benefits, even across multiple sectors, if we have a better understanding of all the factors at play. In other words, easier access to better information can create new angles of approach for those trying to push the sector forward, whether that means increasing energy access in Nairobi, Kenya, or mainstreaming renewables right here in the Caribbean. I'm Jelani Blake, and we're about to take a look at how access to high-quality data and insights can help create new pathways for energy sector growth in part one of this special two-part episode of Caesar Voices. So the people at Power for All work to promote access to clean, reliable, affordable energy, especially in emerging economies. We focus on low energy access countries, like most of those in sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia, where um, part of the challenge is serving rural and peri-urban communities. And so when you're talking about rurality um, or remoteness on the scale that we're talking about across the sub-Saharan African continent, you can quickly see how traditional grid extension pathways will not be sufficient um, in terms of time to connecting persons and to connecting households and to connecting businesses and also the share cost that it's going to take. Um, you know, there's a sort of a standard rule of thumb about a million dollars per um, megawatt kilometer in terms of high voltage transmission. So imagine if we're now building out transmission that's having to travel hundreds of kilometers out to communities. Um, so just from that basis alone, if the, if, if the challenge is around rurality and, and, and remoteness, the rationale for thinking beyond the grid um, becomes very clear. And so that's where decentralized technologies come in. They're also called off-grid te technologies, sometimes called distributed energy technologies. What we really mean here is technologies that take generation 
to the load or to the customer. So it brings the generation exercise of producing power closer to the consumer. By doing that, therefore, we have to spend less time and resource and money on uh, distribution and transmission and therefore are able to serve the customer in a more immediate way. Now, here's a case of people going off-grid, not necessarily for the sake of carbon neutrality, but out of sheer necessity. These are kinds of technologies, just to give you examples, um, that many people have actually already heard of. Um, right. If you've ever driving around, you know, Trinidad, not so much Trinidad, but maybe Barbados or Jamaica for sure, you'll <laughs> see, um, you'll see uh, solar home systems on the roofs. Anyway, yes, you're driving absolutely. Kingston, yes? Right, yes. So those are, that's a type of distributed power. You're producing the power right on your roof and using it there as opposed to at the gas, um, at the gas uh, generation uh, facility or the... In, exactly, exactly, exactly. So you can see the, the, <clears throat> the costs start to strip away. Um, when you bring the when you bring the generation closer to home, um, mini grids is another type of decentralized technology. And also, for us as Power for All, we use that term in a very broad way. So we consider even storage as distributed generation, or dis sorry, distributed technologies, because storage is again the same thing of um, you know storing power and having it closely accessible um, to to households and 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 persons. Putting it in the um, I guess in the hands of the the end user in a sense, would you say? Absolutely. Decentralized technology is already spreading across sub-Saharan Africa, thanks to growing use among private developers. But Power for All believes collaboration between these operations and established utility providers could work wonders for energy access in the region. One of the challenges with these kinds of technologies that you and I are talking about is that, um, you know, what they, what they can also mean, you know, you, you used a really great phrase about, about giving power to the people, um, no pun intended there, but, you know, utilities can also see that as um, customers defecting from their grid. Um, and less customers is less revenues and less revenues is, you know, prices going up. And so there's also this other side of what is the repercussion of an expansion of the decentralized energy sector. Um, and we at Power for All, and I think a lot of persons that work in the energy sector don't see those spaces as really um, binary or in these silos of centralized versus decentralized. We think there's so much um, in the middle, in the integration of these two types of technologies and these two ways of servicing customers that could actually have a synergistically bigger impact and bring us faster electrification. So if a utility company, for instance, here, let's just say um, in Kenya, that's where I live, um, if the local utility company um, were to think about mini grids as you know, an extension of their own service and found an interesting business model to work with uh, private or commercial developers that, that, um, that operate mini grids, those connections would still be their connections oh, and yes. those customers would still be their customers, right? It's just about how do we make it work? finding a way to make integration work. That's where Rebecca and her team come into play. The challenges that we, um, we look at and we try to help the sector solve are really not so much technical. Um, there's fantastic researchers at, at universities across the world that are looking into um, you know, battery technologies and how to coat cathodes and anodes so that you can recycle batteries um, or cycle them up and down even faster or more. There's lots of basic research going on about the technology. What we're trying to solve for is more the how. 
how do we do this implementation of of, of integration? How do how does this make sense from a technical, from a business model, from an economics, from a finance point of view? And those questions are still unanswered. How do we design a model? I guess for all of right. it to work in okay in harmony. Or an approach. And we don't think that there necessarily has to be a one-size-fits-all. It might look different in every country. But is there are there principles? Is there an approach that has proven successful for these different types of stakeholders um, in this big, broad ecosystem of energy service? Um, is there a way that it can actually make sense for them all to work together? So you kind of um, turn all of this into a network. And in that way, you can even expand further because I'm seeing where now you're having generation points all across the, the, the map, so to speak. Absolutely. And then, you know, even on your, to add to that, then it, you start to see how this extends very quickly into other areas, right? Like right. when you think about electric, um, electric mobility and electric transportation, that becomes part of the conversation as well. Electric vehicles are largely batteries on wheels. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's, you know, that's never thought of it that way. You know? <laughs> that's that's what they are. Right, right. And um, you know, if we if we think about that, then as an as also an extension or an arm of electricity service provision, you can see how that transportation and that energy um, or power conversation start to merge and become one conversation. Um, can having EVs on the grid improve um, the stability of that grid by having that ready? accessible storage component to put power on but also to take power off at certain times um, so so the conversation this conversation spreads very quickly and that's why I like this word integration albeit it's a very overused word and oftentimes different people mean different things when they're saying it but yeah, I actually think it can captures be diluted it can be very easily diluted and and greenwashed but I think that's what we're really are talking about is um, whole systems design really. Integration is incredibly complex, but Rebecca's team helps the energy sector navigate the process by analyzing data to expose and examine factors stakeholders themselves often can't. I'm seeing the role of the, of the data here, kind of uncovering these other different, often overlooked um, elements or, or, or benefits. For instance, I see that you've um, seen where there are a lot of green jobs being generated by these decentralized um, operations. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very, <laughs> a very kind explanation of what we do. Um, but that's, you hit the nail on the head. What we try to do as a research um, think tank or um, engine rather is like the word I like to use, um, is we don't have any particular technology or company um, or type of stakeholder that we are particularly advocating for. We have a sort of a lift all boats kind of approach. Um, and there's lots of questions that need to be answered across the entire sector. As we were just talking about how do you design for integration. Another big question, especially now in this era of undeniable climate change, is how do we design for resilience? And you're seeing, you know, even advanced electricity markets like the U.S., utilities in the U.S. are now um, making the shift towards thinking about mini grids as part of their arsenal um, mm. or as part of their infrastructure because, um, you know, with mini grids, you have a sort of a more resilient or the theory at least is that you'd have a more resilient grid system um, where different parts of that system can be can be separated and stand alone um, when there's something major going on like the California wildfires. Um, another major question you were just talking about jobs is around impacts. And this is a question because, you know, for, for funders and for donors, 
um, to really, um, and governments even, to get interested in these ideas of, of change. Uh, oftentimes, there needs to be a demonstration of the potential impact. But it's very hard for companies that are out there just trying to be startups and trying to survive to do that type of research. The kind of service that we provide is exploring questions that aren't really being explored by anyone right now. For instance, as you were just mentioning, um, you know, what are the jobs implications of, of the creation of this entire whole new sector of energy service provision? Um, and not just what are the job creation opportunities, but what are the skills needs? What are the gaps? Um, what's needed to fill those gaps? Um, you know, there's questions to be asked around um, impacts from agricultural productivity and economic expansion. Um, when energy or electricity comes to an area, what actually happens there? And, and what's the process by which the economy becomes to be stimulated? And is there something we can learn there um, to then transfer and, and, and reproduce at scale? Um, so these questions around impact are actually quite important, um, both to interest and to, um, to sort of get the buy-in of, of donors, funders, governments, but also mm. to um, understand what is it that works? What is successful and what can be replicable over time? So the takeaway here is that we can get a lot more done by simply increasing support for research and placing greater emphasis on accessibility. But that was just the first part of our conversation. I hope you'll join us for part two, where we turn our attention to renewable energy efforts right here in the Caribbean. In the meanwhile, though, I just really want to thank you guys for tuning in. We've done six episodes so far, and it's just been great having you guys along for the ride. Now, if you've been enjoying our podcast so far, maybe do us a favor and give us a rating wherever you're listening. It would really help us out. I'd also like to remind you that you can visit our website, caesarjournal.org donations to lend you financial support, or join our monthly donor club on Patreon and gain access to exclusive content, or even be featured in an episode of the Caesar Voices podcast. Just click the links in the description. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode of Caesar Voices and feature your company or NGO, just click on our corporate link to learn more 